And all the parents and grandparents can shout amen for that. Amen. It's a blessing to have them. And uh, open your Bible today to 1 Kings chapter 3. And uh... First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. It's funny. My chronological reading, you know, I just read through the Bible uh, continually, but it put me at uh, the story of Jezebel this week, you know, <laughs> one of the great queen mothers of Israel. But uh, uh, I thought, how ironic. It's, I'm not preaching on her today, girls, so don't be nervous. But uh, what a blessing has come to the earth through mothers. Seriously. They, you know, it's not just cliche because it's Mother's Day or something. But the facts are you wouldn't be here without your mama. Nobody. So we're very blessed to have had mothers. And, uh, and so anyway, it also I found very interesting this last week, <clears throat> the leak out of the Supreme Court, if you were paying attention to the news, uh, which they tried to bury the right things about this, but uh, the Supreme Court now, since the last two Trump appointees, has come to their senses and realizes these are babies in mother's wombs that we're ripping out and tearing to shreds. And uh, they're trying to steer the nation towards making some kind of sane judgment about that and, uh, and, and voiding out the Roe versus Wade ruling, which was a total uh, plot from hell back in 1973. And, uh, you know, made legalized abortion. And they've taken that to, to today, literally wanting to kill babies after they're out of the womb. And in many cases, they do because the baby survives and they have the option just to let it die and it's just a tragedy uh, in the world, and really a blight against our nation. But uh, I found it very interesting that this very week, this leaked out of the high court. And that's done for a couple of reasons. We're not sure the exact intent. I know what it is. It's to put a threat against these men and people in the Supreme Court uh, to try to get them to change their mind because they're saying, we're going to reverse this decision. It'll fall back on the states. And then our votes in our states are going to determine can we get rid of abortion in our state? And we just started the class, or we're going to start it the 20th, I think it is, um, on Fridays at 10 o'clock in the morning for ladies recovering from this and trying to find their uh, way out of the condemnation and guilt that's taken over their lives. And so with that in mind, too, I'm thinking, you know, thank God for mothers that know what a mother's supposed to be and do. Here in First Kings, a great story. Um, many times we preach out of that or we study it, we read it, and we see the wisdom of Solomon. He's just become king. He's young. He's it's one of his first big judgments. And so he's got two women that come before him, 
In 1 Kings 3, verse 16, two women who were harlots came to him, to the king and stood before him. One woman said, my Lord, uh, this woman and I dwell in the same house. I gave birth while she was in the house, and it happened the third day after I had given birth that this woman also gave birth. And we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us in the house. And this woman's son died in the night because she laid over on him. So she arose in the middle of the night and took my son from my side while your maidservant slept and laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my son, there he was dead. But when I examined him in the morning, indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. Then the other woman said, no. But the living son is one is my son, and the dead one is yours. And the first woman said, No, but the dead one is your son, and the living one is mine. Thus they spoke before the king, and the king said, The one says, This is my son who lives, and your son is dead. The other says, No, but your son is dead, and my son is the living one. Then the king said, Bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king, and the king said, Divide the child in two, and give half of the child to one and the other half to the other. And then the woman, whose son was living, spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son, and she said, O oh my Lord, give her the living child, and by no means kill him. How many of you know that's the mom? You know, so... It is, it's amazing, this is the story of Solomon's great wisdom, but you know what, it's pretty sly, his, his wisdom here, and he, boy, he figured it out quick. Here's the real bomb, she says, I can't stand for that, give the child to this woman, let him live. So the king answered, verse 27 said, or verse, uh, I'm sorry, the other portion of verse 26, the other one says, well, let him be neither yours or mine, but divide him. So this we know is not a mother of this child. And the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child and by no means kill him. She is his mother. Like I said, we often focus on Solomon's wisdom and gaining favor before Israel, but I want to focus on the heart of a mom this morning. And especially, like I said, in a time when America's uh, lawmakers uh, are in a frenzy to protect the abortion industry. You know, that, can I tell you, that strikes hard against the heart of womanhood. You know, a woman is designed by God to have that little bread basket, a little oven, a place to carry a child and bring it to, to full term and deliver it into this world. And mothers and fathers, simple lovers of life, people with the fear of God all over the nation are praying their hearts out that maybe we can find some kind of a turning away from this evil in our land. And they go and leak this document last week. Well, the document was the decision that was being made and it's kind of like a review of the decision and how they come to the conclusion. And the decision looks like it's going to be, we're going to reverse that Roe versus Wade ruling, put the abortion laws back on the states. There's no national law that says do it, don't do it, nothing. And so these people are in a frenzy. And the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, spoke out right after the leak calling the draft opinion an abomination. Isn't that a twist of words? The Old Testament, the Bible says, killing your child is an abomination. It says homosexuality is an abomination. But these guys who think they're ruling the show today are saying, no, 
the, the murdering of these babies, if you reverse that, that's an abomination. Isn't that amazing how they can twist the verbiage? These are America's leaders. They said this is an abomination and one of the worst, most damaging decisions in modern history. Governor Newsom, he's a winner too, in North Car in California rather. He uh, decided and he vowed, I quote, to turn California into an abortion sanctuary. These people are nuts. You can say amen, it's okay. They're, they're out of their minds with their hatred of God and life and righteousness. It, it, you know, it doesn't, you know, reproductive rights, reproductive rights, they're saying, what next? What is the Supreme Court going to rule on next to take away from us? We're not taking away reproductive rights. We're saying you can't, you can't legally murder babies. I don't even know the father of lies has been good at lying a long time, and he's still doing a good job. So I read a number of articles trying to read into this. The, you know, they got the protesters. The red mob comes right back out. They're the same folks you've seen in Oregon and Seattle during the Antifa protest. <laughs> you can match their faces on some of the uh, technology they have today. They get them out. The, the, the president calls for them. Schumer, Democrats, all of them, they get their bus them in, and they're there protesting. So one man went to these protests and tried to interview the individuals to find out what exactly are you protesting, and all they could do was use expletives. F this, F that, F the government, F the Supreme Court, death to Alito, the judge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nasty. They're filled with vitriol and venom. If you look at any of the footage of this, there's women who look hideous. Their faces are all you know, enraged or spitting on other people, cursing, violent. They're smacking people around. So he's interviewing them. One lady said, well, if I had a child right now, I'd probably kill myself and fall into financial ruin. She's a sharp one, amen. You know, guarantee you fall into financial ruin. You're dead. You're just not going to. Taika said everything was interconnected to abortion and that her low-wage job made it impossible for her to support a child. If I happen to fall pregnant, they want me to continue to be pregnant and potentially damage my body for the rest of my life. Pregnancy itself is kind of a disability, Renee Schmidt said, a college student. It's an extreme medical procedure when you're going through it yourself. These are the people that are championing the cause for abortion. They don't make any sense. They're just selfish people. Camilla, she calls herself a political activist, a Washington resident, an anarcho-Marxist, she claims to be, explained the Marxist doctrine to fight conservatism. People must end families of one man and one woman who have children, she said. Do you know that's true? That's absolutely Marxism, communism, right at its root. Karl Marx said this way back in history. If you want to end... You know, the life is we, we, on the planet as we know it. You've got to get rid of the family. I believe that ending abortion is part of a strategy of preserving a heterosexual nuclear family because that is a site of ideological control, Camilla said. I think this conflict is not an illusion or a misunderstanding. It's not. She says if you end abortion, 
Man, they're trying, to, they're trying to control people's lives and say that a man ought to marry a woman and have kids. Well, that's what it's been for, since creation. But they've twisted it today. And I quote, Anarcho-Marxists value abortion because it furthers the destruction of the family, Camilla said. Isn't that amazing? They speak it out. They'll tell you. Abortion is important because it destroys the family, and we've got to destroy it. She didn't say how Marxism would replace families of men and women, but noted that many capitalist societies today have declining birth rates. Capitalism has failed at that question, as far as I understand. Most highly industrial nations now have low, very low birth rates, sometimes below replacement. Camilla said that the only way to change America was through a Marxist revolution, but still attended to the protest to discuss anarcho-socialist views with people who seemed interested. I'm a revolutionary. I'm a communist Marxist, Camilla said. I do not believe that the pathway to individual freedom is safety, and safety is going to be made through the preservation of America as a country, truly not coming from the heart of a mother. I'm telling you. She says, I don't think you can preserve a country by keeping families together. She wants to destroy them. It's just it's not one woman. These are hundreds of protesters out there. They all think alike. They're not moms. Motherhood, mothering children, nurturing children, it's all under assault today, folks. It really is. That's why we're doing this class. We want to help some folks that have been under the delusion, suffer through these things. Now, a mother makes connections. She, in our text, man, this mom knew her child. How many of us guys can say, yep, moms know children? You know, you, you have a baby, you're all excited, you bring your family up to the window, you're looking in there, I don't know, it's one of those guys, I don't know, you know. You forgot already, which one is it? You know, they all look the same when they're little. And, but this mother says, no, I know my child. She knows. It's easily seen in the text. And she'd do anything to save that child. She'd give him up if it meant saving him. Right? She spoke right out. She said, no, don't kill him. Just give him to her. Let him live. In the springtime, many of you see things happening. You know, animals found a baby a uh, mockingbird in my yard the other day, and uh, as soon as I begin to walk by it, the mother began to just act real weird, flying around like, you know, nipping the brush. And I said, oh, good, she's nearby. But, you know, sometimes the guys are turkey hunting different things in the spring, and you'll see a, a, a turkey running around acting like it's limping, got a broken leg or something with a wing, you know, hanging. It's trying to get your attention to get away from the babies. Mother, it's a motherly instinct. Anything to preserve the life of a child or an, or a, or an offspring. Moms, they protect their children. They love their children. This was something God put in their design, their DNA. But it's being destroyed today, and we've got a very willing society working against it. Can you say amen? Just, just look at the insanity that's coming out of Washington, D.C. today in the name of a woman's health. It's not health. It's the destruction of... God's plan. Moms know their kids. Kids can be a known terrorist, but mom will say, no, that's my child. She'll, she'll love him. Nothing can be more disconnected in life than things God created in motherhood and the failure of motherhood we have on the planet today. So, so much is in, in taught and imparted by a mother to a child. It's, 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 it's essential I found Christian moms, almost out of necessity these days, many moms end up homeschooling. I found they're almost always 100% capable. 
and could actually do pretty good. It's a mother's instinct. It's a mother's heart. It's some gifting God's put in her to help her children, to educate them, to teach them. They impart things to them, the wisdom of God, Bible stories. Moms, right? You teach your children. It's not just a Sunday school class's job. You teach them what the scripture's about. You teach them what life's about. Moms impart tenderness and compassion and concern. Respect and love is in their nurturing. And this is what's being from a mom's heart to a child. This is, this is part of God's plan. But we don't see that in the climate of our nation today. It's being destroyed. There's no respect in our society. Isn't it unbelievable? You know, if you were paying attention to the news, the Antifa riots and stuff, you know, they said it was all Trump's fault. None of those people were people from the right that have voted for Trump. They were all psychos out there trying to cause anarchy, the anarcho-Marxist. And now they're so bold, they're being right out front. We're on a mission. We want to destroy this place. And the media works with them by design and approves of everything they do. And then Joe Biden comes out last week and said there's never been a more scary and violent and terroristic group than Trump supporters on the planet. It's, they're out of their minds with this stuff. You don't have any record of violence on that side. January 6th, January 6th was a picnic compared to what they did all summer long the year before. Amen. There's footage of it everywhere. You can't hide it, you know, insanity. But what they've done is they've created a whole movement of people today that have no respect for life. None. It's done. So you, you destroy motherhood, you destroy a lot more than you bargained for. Amen. Let's talk about what's being lost, man. The home structure. God designed the family that these people want to do away with. He designed a man who's a male, a woman who's a female. Marriage. And then children, which are always boys or girls. That's what God designed. That's what he created to promote society and the earth. And it's a nurturing environment. And the Bible gives us great warning about these last days, about people becoming heartless and ruthless. Paul wrote in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, in the book of Titus, he speaks about these issues coming to our planet, man, coming on strong like they are today. Young people who do not have self-control. It's really sad because they lose self-control, but they got a, another generation a little older who are saying, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to have that. You don't have to respect. You don't have to have respect for others. You can be heartless and ruthless, and it's the decline of the family. And when a nation's families begin to decline, I've got a quote for you. The decline of the family, uh, uh, the family in, the, in the decline of the family, nations most often fall from within. And this fall is usually due to a decline in the moral and spiritual values of a family, as a fam in a family. As families go, so goes the nation. Children are a heritage, Psalms 127.3 says. They're a heritage from God. Offspring, reward from Him. Your kids are something God has given you to be a blessing and a heritage. That's your future. That's the, what you leave to the earth. And like arrows in the hand of a warrior, children are born 
in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. So what this scripture is talking about is your offspring is the future. It's your strength. It's the strength of a nation. It's the strength of a society. It's, it's there for the good of it all. But I want to tell you, when it's being destroyed, you, you, you just crumble the nucleus of a family, what it's supposed to be. You're doing great damage to society. Great damage. Things get lost, folks, when motherhood is lost. Compassion is being removed from society. It loses its civility. Can you say amen? Our society really has. You see it in our text, man. The, the, this wicked woman who has this dead child, she's so heartless. Even after the, the real mom says, don't kill the baby. Give it to her. It's not hers, but give it to her. She has the wherewithal to say, just cut it in two. I'll take half. Heartless. Heartless. And one of the things they've done is they've made this situation today into a medical procedure for health reasons. And, you know, I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of abortions happen every year. There's hardly a handful for real health situations. But young women get swept into this selfish thing, and uh, they go in, they take part in it, and then they end up with condemnation, guilt, remorse, don't know how to find dignity in life, have a hard time with love, have a hard time with finding acceptance themselves. You know what? They, this gets lost when motherhood gets lost. The mother of the dead infant said, well, just hack it in two. And when you no longer have compassion, you've got a lot of trouble brewing. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4 says, love, love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it's not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs, it doesn't delight in evil but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always hopes, always trusts, and always perseveres. See, love is something that's being lost when you, you devalue motherhood. Dads love their kids. Any of you dads love your kids? Amen. We love our kids, but there's something about a mother's heart, her connection with a child. It's critical. You look at these photos today. I mean, even the still shots in the news, these ladies spitting on people they don't like and their faces are all twisted with anger and they're cursing. I read an interview and there were as many bleeps as there were words out of some of these women's mouths. Man, filled with rage. Look at any of the pictures of these mostly peaceful protests for abortions. They're not really that peaceful. They're threatening others. They're threatening the judges. The judges now have to have protection and security. And they're calling for more violence and more threats. When you lose motherhood and you devalue it, you lose a great element that's vital to society and the creation of Almighty God. I lastly want to speak to you about the heart of the Father. I can say this this morning because, you know, women are created in the image and likeness of God. Right? Got two amens, I think, but it's true. 
He, he, we know he has a masculine way of him. He is God alone. He made Adam first. He called his name Adam. He made him a man. He made, he, God said, first in Genesis 1, first chapter, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and all the cattle, and over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. You know, he knows what he created. He created both components to progeny. To, if you're going to produce, you've got to have the male and the female. He made them in his image. He's the author of life. Can you say amen? He's the creator. He knows how it should work. He knows how it lives. He knows all things. He is God. And the heart of the Father in creation is given into men and women. But a woman has a special place in this like society can't do without. It's absolutely true. The heart of the Father, our Father God, what a heart that was. Talk about someone who loved. Can you say amen? Someone who loves, not loved. He so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him might be saved, not perish, but have eternal life. I mean, that's, that's the love of God. That's a giving love. He provided a way, <clears throat> excuse me, for you to find forgiveness, to come to repentance. He provided a way, gave his only son. The mother in our text is willing to give the boy up so he can have a chance at life. And our Heavenly Father gave up His only Son. There's no other way to pay for or cover our sins. And this is the heart of our God. He gives us life. He didn't give us life because we deserved it. He gave it to us because He's good. He gave us salvation because we earned it. No, He gave it to us because He loves us. And He's gracious. And He knows all things. And I want to say a mother usually knows her child pretty good. You know, so kids, be wise enough to hear from your mom. Hope your kids are listening this morning, too. Be wise enough to respect your mom. You know, yeah, so I, yeah, I know she's, she's smarter than dad. He's the spanker. No, no, no. It, it works both, both ways. Be obedient to your parents. That's what Ephesians 6 says, both parents. Verse 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. It's right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life on the earth. Honor her. This is a special day. And it shouldn't be that just on Mother's Day we honor the moms. Uh, Pastor King uh, instituted a little thing with the serious men's class a while ago, and Pastor Spicer called me this morning and said, hey, hey uh, can we cancel? And Pastor King said, I said, yeah, cancel on Mother's Day. Yeah, the guys all stay home and make their, their wives breakfast and get the kids ready for church. Right? Didn't they? Did they do that? Okay, we'll just keep going. But I, I think one of them bought a box of donuts or something. But um, this shouldn't be the only day in a year you honor your wife, brothers, mother of your kids. Or, you know, uh, kids don't just... There's a commandment of God to honor and respect the parents. Why? So it can go well with you. 
well with you. You know, I was a pretty wicked sinner and uh, grew up in a very dysfunctional home, lots of abuses, problems there, issues there, and uh, got out of Dodge at an early age, had no respect for my parents whatsoever, neither one. I, I can't tell you I loved them. I didn't know what love was. I just was angry, disillusioned, young man. But I'm telling you what, I do remember having the feelings of confusion because I didn't love and honor them. It bugged me. I didn't understand that. I, you know, they were my parents, but I couldn't get this right. Honor your parents because this is what's going to help you live the right life. When you consider this heart of your mom, and our moms here amongst us, you know, consider the heart of God. It's a heart of love. And sister, I tell you, you need to be this kind of a woman in your home. You know what love really does? First John 4 says, we've known and believed in verse 16 that love, believe the love that God has for us. God is love. He who abides in love abides in God and God in him. God is love, folks. He is love. He is the, the real thing. This is what really love is. And so love has been perfected amongst us in this. Verse 17 says that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in the world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. He who fears is not made perfect in love, has not been made perfect in love. We loved him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For, who, for he who does not love his brother who he has seen, how can he love God who he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. i tell you why I read all that is because this is it. If God's heart is purely love, you and I are called to walk in that love. And the Bible says if you're going to really love, then you've got to learn how, how it's done. You've got to love others. And I know mothers love their kids. They should, hallelujah. But your heavenly Father loves all of us. So I'm trying to bring this to a point where I can bring a bit of an altar call here this morning. You know, just like Mama knows everything about you, your Father in heaven knows everything. Nothing hidden. That ought to scare some of us a little bit. Can you say amen? Maybe time to time, you know, Come to him, but stay with him. Repent. He knows all the lame excuses. He knows all the things that we, you know, we, we think, you know, uh, he, he didn't kill me. It must be okay. Well, your mom didn't kill you either, and, and it wasn't okay. Why, why do children, this is interesting to me, come back after their, you know, little stories and spins of truth, you know, lies. Oh, just a white lie, just a little lie, a clean lie. And, but then they come back and go, sorry, I, I did it. You know. Kids do that sometimes. It's not because they're simply so honest <laughs> or under great conviction from the Almighty. It's usually because they know mom knows anyway. Right? Your father knows. Your heavenly father knows Anyway, it'd be wise to come to him and say, I'm sorry. Repent. God knows and he's willing to accept your repentance just like a mother's willing to accept it and forgive. 
I'll tell you, God is, is incredible. If you come to him this morning, who knows what miracles can change your life. Amen. Let's bow our heads to pray. That's all I have for you this morning. We need to appreciate our mothers, respect them, husbands, kids. Sister, make yourself the kind of mom that, that deserves that 100%. You have such an important position in the scheme of life. From a, the very heart of your child to your home, your marriage, the next generation, where our nation is going, the work of the church, you have such an incredibly important position. As we bow our heads this morning and close our eyes for just a few moments, perhaps you'd say, Pastor, I realize how God does know. He does know what's right, what's wrong. He knows the wrong, friend. That's what he really knows. And it's, it's not just simple enough to say, well, yep, he knows. He knows. He's good. He's got it. God knows my heart. I have people tell me that when they're up to their eyeballs in sin. God knows my heart. Yes, he does. But that doesn't save your heart. You must repent. You have to be born again. You've got to turn away from the path of destruction, the sin in your life, and turn your heart to Christ. Our heads are bowed right now, but there's some this morning, really, you say, it's time. He knows, and I just need to respond. He'll, he'll take you in, my friend. He'll wash you clean. He'll save and renew your soul, cleanse you from all your past. If this is where you're at, you say, yes, I need that today. I, I really need to turn to Christ. Lift your hand towards heaven and hold it up for just a moment. Hold it towards heaven. Say, I'm ready to get right. I want to get my heart right with God. Maybe you're a church kid. Say, yeah, I know I've heard about God. I've got religion. I'm a bad mom. But this morning, it's time for you to come to your heavenly Father. Make your heart right through repentance. Who is there with a lifted hand? You'd say, pray for me. Not right, not saved, want to get right with God. Maybe you've been saved, you're backslidden. With a lifted hand, say, I want to repent of where I've gone in life. I need cleansing and I need salvation. I want God to touch me. Raise that hand towards heaven and let the grace of God fall upon your life this morning. Hallelujah. And moms, make it your life's ambition to please God by being the kind of woman he, he wants you to be, he created you to be. In his own image, before the fall, there was the heart of love, of wisdom, to nurture life, the gifting that goes with that. After the fall, yes, the struggles begin. If you've been born again, you're a Christian woman today, make it your heart's ambition to serve God in this capacity, to be the best mom you can and be a blessing. And those kids will bless you all the days of your life. Amen. Husbands, honor and love your wives, not just one day a year. Make it part of your lifestyle. Amen. Let's stand to our feet today. Altar's open. Plenty of room to come up, come pray, seek God for a few moments today, church. You can come and pray. We'd love to have you come. Yes, Lord. He is mighty to save.
Everyone needs compassion, the kindness of Let mercy fall on me, and everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of a Savior, the hope of nations. Savior, He can move the my God is mighty to save, He is mighty to save, forever, author of salvation, He conquered the grave, Jesus conquered the grave, so take me as you find me, all my fears and failures. Fill my life again. I give my life to follow everything I believe in. Now I surrender. Salve! 